Welcome to My Bible Study, a verse-by-verse devotional study through the Bible with Pastor Bob Thibodeau. In this unique series, Pastor Bob takes you through the Bible just a few verses at a time. No preaching, just a simple Bible reading with examples and explanations of the meaning behind the scriptures. My Bible study will take you from Genesis chapter 1 all the way through the book of Revelation. Now, here is Pastor Bob Thibodeau. Hello everyone everywhere. This is Pastor Robert Thibodeau. Welcome to My Bible Study. Glory to God. We're so glad you're here today. Oh man, it's been a great ride so far. This is my Bible study where we are walking verse by verse through the Bible. Amen. We've all we are today starting off in Genesis chapter 12. So if you have your Bibles, go grab them and, and open up to Genesis chapter 12. We'll be looking at the you know, calling on Abram's life, Abraham, and how God calls us today as well. Praise the Lord as we go through chapter 12. But first, let's go to the Lord with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, we just give you praise, honor, glory, thanksgiving from our hearts for all that you have done for us. Lord, we thank you for the opportunity today to share your word, for you are the word. We thank you that you've given us the technology to reach into all the earth through the power of the internet, touching people's hearts and changing their lives. Our Lord, we pray that you be with this Bible study today, that the words spoken are your words, that the Spirit speaks through us, and Lord, we praise you for all that you are able to accomplish through this little broadcast. We just thank you for it, in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Glory to God. Now, as I said, get your Bibles, turn to Genesis chapter 12. We are going verse by verse through the Bible. What we're, you know, you can learn. We're going to study today about God's calling of Abram or Abraham and how God speaks to us and calls us today as well. We can learn a lot about God's call as we consider Abraham's call. Abram is a central figure both in the Old Testament and the New Testament. You know, in the book of Genesis, his life spans 12 chapters. So for the next foreseeable future here, uh, you know we're going through just studying Abraham. And, you know, I have so many notes on his life. And I'm just going to enjoy sharing them with you. Now, he's called a friend of God three times in the Bible. you got Second Chronicles 20, verse 7, Isaiah uh, 41, 8, and James 2, 23. A friend of God. He's referred to four times in the New Testament. Romans, Galatians, Hebrews, and James. He is called the father of all the believers. Galatians 3, 7. And he's considered the founder of three religions. Judaism, Islam, and Christianity. Now, I've written, you know, I mean not written. I have numerous uh, versions of the Bible in my study. Uh, for my first 20 years in ministry... I actually bought a different version of the Bible, different translate, not, you know, the translate King James, NIV, Living Translation, like that. That's what I'm talking about, not language translations, but a different version of the Bible. And I read it through at least once each year when I bought it. That does not even count to, I think, six bookshelves and, you know, some boxes in storage full of reference material. You know, my grandson once asked me, Christopher, he said, Papa, 
have you actually read all of these books? <laughs> I laughed and said, I've read every one of them at least once, and most I've read several times. I am an avid reader. I read at least 15 to 20 books a year. I mean, I, many I use as reference material for my teachings. Amen. I still use them today. Now, I say all that because I want you to know that this Bible study is taken from a lot of different sources. You know, it'd be almost impossible for me to tell you where I'm getting my information from uh, other than the Bible. That's the basis. This, this book is the basis. Amen. Now, sometimes I use a, a major reference for a lot of one sermon or a teaching, and, and a lot of times I'll mention that reference so you can go look it up yourself. But I want you to understand, in no way do I want you to think that, you know, Brother Bob has some superhuman ability to decode the Bible, you know, each verse in the Bible. No, the Bible is plain, plain as can be. The words contained in it are meant to be applicable to any life, in any country, in any culture, in any time. Amen. These words are eternal words. Glory to God. And that being said, you need to study your Bible. You need to take notes in your Bible. <gasps> take notes in the Bible? Yeah. I wouldn't deface God's word. Get over it. It's actually a piece of paper with words written on it. Amen. The words are what's holy. Don't change the words, but you can take notes so that it brings out the meaning behind the words for you. I mean, I have notes and different color codes, and you know, I'll hold this up. You can see all the different colors in there. Some pages are almost completely yellow. I mean, you know, look at, you know, all these yellow marks and underlines and notes out in the, in the, in the margins and all of that. That's because, God... If you study the word and something stands out to you and you take a note, so every time you read that, you'll remember the revelation God gave you about that word or, or through someone else or through some other reading. And it just helps everything to coalesce together. And that's what this Bible study is all about. I am sharing all these notes. Now, I've got folders full of notes taken from conferences and things like that, that and as well as you know my Bible school days at JSMI that help me prepare a teaching for you or if I'm speaking somewhere uh, to speak to, to the, the congregation that I'm speaking in front of. But, you know, I've, that being said, you need to study your Bible. That's the basic thing that I'm coming down to. You know, I've heard it said that Bible, B-I-B-L-E, stands for basic instructions before leaving earth. Praise God. All I got to say to that is amen. Right? Uh, I've always been fascinated with studying Abraham. Uh, there's so much there. I have so many sermons just on him, and every one of them is different. Amen? And they cover a different aspect of his life and faith and, and what it means to us today. And we're going to get into a lot over these next several chapters. Okay, It may take us a while to talk about the life of Abraham, but we will eventually get through it. Amen? Now, like I said, when we started this series... It's not just a one-year commitment that I'm making to you, okay? That's why, you know, I fought the Lord for almost an entire year. When, when he put this on my heart to do this type of study online, live, save the recording, save the notes, you know, I knew once I got into it, this was going to be a multi-year commitment. At first, I thought, and if you go back to one of the first episodes and stuff, 
it, it, I thought well, maybe you know about five years or so, right? But here we are coming now into the fourth month, and we're just in Genesis chapter 12. There are 1,189 chapters in the Bible. If I only did one chapter a week, it would take 23 years, okay, because I do this on Sundays. 23 years. Now, granted, there are many chapters and many books of the Bible that will, you know, we can do several of them. You know, we get into Psalms and, you know, some chapters are, you know, five, six verses long. We may do, you know, eight or nine chapters in one city. So it's not going to take that long. But I just wanted to emphasize on the detail that the Lord has told me to go into as I'm doing this study with you. I'm pouring out everything I got, every all the notes and references and and things like that. That when I'm if I was to preach on Genesis chapter twelve today, you're going to receive everything. Okay, so what I'm trying to say is this has grown now into more than a five year commitment. I don't know if it'll be seven years, ten years, I don't know, but this is the legacy that I'm leaving for my family. And for generations that follow, they're going to receive verse by verse through the Bible on my past 30 years of Bible study, okay? Coming up on 30 years. Now, all of my notes, like I said, are written in the margin of my Bible, to my study notes at Bible school, uh, you know, hundreds, hundreds of books that I've read, all of that from almost 30 years is going to be poured out to you. So truly, I don't know how long this is going to take. Uh, you know, I'm thinking probably eight to 10 years at the pace we're going. This is a major Bible study. And I'm in the process now trying to figure out how to put all this online into an actual possibly Bible curriculum, okay? But I'm getting way ahead of myself. We need to get to work on Genesis chapter 12, or we're never going to get through it. Amen? Now, Genesis chapter 11, we studied the lineage of Shem to Abraham. Now we get to study Abraham himself. And today, and I know next week, because there's absolutely no way I'm going to finish chapter 12 in all my notes today. In fact, we're only going to get probably through half of them, maybe, uh, in this study. So, I, yes, I have that many. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I could spend almost two months of Sundays just talking about Abraham himself. Anyway, God called Abraham, or Abram at the time, many years after the flood in Genesis 6 through 8, which we've already studied. The earth was so sinful that God destroyed it and started over with Noah's family. However, even Noah's descendants became sinful. In Genesis chapter 11, we studied last time, his descendants gathered to build the Tower of Babel. They said, let us make a name for ourselves, right? Like Adam and Eve and Satan before them, they became proud and, and they wanted to bring glory to themselves instead of giving it to God. So they decided to disobey God's commission of moving throughout the earth and settling it. Instead, they decide to stay in one place and build a tower for their honor and their glory. Because of that, God came down and confounded their speech, and all the people scattered. Amen? Now, Abraham's call was very special. God called him out of a rebellious world, sound familiar, to, a, to be a conduit for salvation. He is the, Abraham is the pivotal character in redemptive history. Actually, God is using the lineage of Shem through Abraham to bring Jesus into the world. 
And as we study Abraham, we will learn a great deal about living by faith. Amen. But specifically in this passage, we learn about God's calling and how it can apply to us today as well. Because God's call is really a call to obey. I don't care what calling God has on your life. You, you, know, uh, you could be, have a call to, to have a car repair shop. That doesn't mean that you know you got to have beer in a refrigerator and all that. I'm thinking, uh, uh, you know, a good friend of mine, Billy, and and uh, J and K Auto in Dundalk, Maryland, right? A Christian automotive shop. Praise God! If you're living in the Baltimore area, and you want to have Christian people pray over your car, and you don't want to, you know, you want to know that you can trust the people working there. I can't give a better endorsement than J and K Automotive. Right? They they hold Bible study on Thursdays in the auto shop. Glory to God. I mean, you, anyway, what I'm saying is, whatever calling God has on your life, you can honor Him in whatever it is. You don't have to live the world's way. You don't have to serve the world and whatever calling you. You can serve God. And Abraham's call began with God speaking to him. Now, we don't know exactly how this happened, okay? Maybe God spoke to him through a fiery bush like he did Moses or through a cloud or maybe it was a blinding light like Paul or maybe it was just a still, small voice like Elijah. We don't know. But we do know that God made his will very clear to Abraham. He was to get up and leave his country, leave his people, leave his father's household, leave his family, and just follow God. Many believers want to know, you know, God's will. They want to know what God wants them to do. What is God's will for my future? What career should I pursue? Who should I marry? What should I do next? Well, everyone should understand, you know, a few important things about discerning and following God's call. In, in one sense, there is a general call for all believers as revealed through God's word. God calls for all believers to make disciples, to spend time with God every single day through his word and through prayer. We need to be involved with and serve a Bible-preaching church. We need to turn away from sin. These are all aspects of God's general call for all believers. However, God also has a specific call for each and every believer, such as seeing God's call for Abraham to leave his home and leave his family in order to be a blessing to the world. A specific call deals with things that are not clearly revealed through his word, such as who to marry, what job to take, and how to serve. In order to discern our, our specific call, we must apply the wisdom principles in scriptures. David said, your word is a light and unto my path and a lamp unto my feet, right? In Psalms 119. And when we're not using the principles given in scripture, well, we walk in the dark. Again, God has given a general call in scripture for everyone to obey, like meditating on his word day and night, sharing the gospel, using our spiritual gifts to serve the church, turning away from sin. When we're faithful with what God has already revealed, then he can give us more. Amen? Jesus said if we're faithful 
with what we hear from God, including our general call and our specific call, then he will give us more. But for those that do not obey, God can actually take away. That's in Scripture too. There are many Christians that you know, they can't concern or discern, not concern, but they cannot discern God's will. Why? Because they're disobedient in their general call. They're not doing what God told them to do. Instead, they experience a, a sense of a spiritual desert. They, they grow a hardened heart and an inability then to hear and discern God's voice. Another example of this is in Romans 12 too. It says, do not conform any longer to the patterns of this world. Be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and prove what the will of God is, his good, pleasing, perfect will. When we're not conforming to the pattern of the world, we will be able to test, is this God or not? We'll be able to prove, ah, this is God, his pleasing, perfect will for our life. By being faithful to God's general will and his general call, we can discern God's specific will for us and his specific calling for us. The next thing we can discern about God's call is that it is a call to recognize his sovereignty. Why did call, da, tongues getting tied here. Why did God call Abram or Abraham? Was he more holy than everybody else in the area? Was he more faithful? No. It seems that Abraham was actually a worshiper of pagan gods just like everybody else. I'll let that thought sink in while I have a cup of coffee. Think about this. He was from the land of Ur in Mesopotamia. That was known, that area was known for worshiping a moon god called Nana. Joshua even said that Abraham's family members were idolaters. In Joshua 24, verse 2 and 3, it says, Joshua said to all the people, This is what the Lord God of Israel says. Long ago, your forefathers, including Terah, the father of Abraham and Naor, lived beyond the river and worshipped other gods. But I took your father Abraham from the land beyond the river and led him throughout Canaan and gave him many descendants. And I gave him Isaac. Abraham was from a family of idolaters. There's no way you can get around that. That may offend some people, but it's true. Abraham, just like Noah before him, though somehow became a faithful follower of Yahweh God. We studied this last time. We'll get into more of it as we go through this. That's why Shem, who was alive during Abraham's days, known as the king of Salem or the king of peace because he had the blessing of peace upon him, who lived in what is now the area of Jerusalem, his name was, he was known, his title was Melchizedek, right? King of, king of, king of peace, king of Salem. And he's getting old. He knows he's going to die, but he doesn't have anybody he can bless to continue the blessing that his father Noah gave him. And then he hears, and we'll get into this, how Noah, I mean, sorry, Abraham, defeated three kings and all their armies with just a handful of men. And he said, 
the blessing of God is on him. That's the only way that could happen. So the king comes down and meets Abram on his way back from the battlefield. And there he blesses. Blessed be the God of Abram. And, you know, Abram, recognizing who the king was, that he was also his great-great-great-grandfather, gave him a tithe of all, it says, right? Anyway, we're getting far ahead of where we're going here. The point I'm trying to make is, it seems Abraham's included with the idolaters as he is one of Israel's forefathers. And his call seems to be more like Paul's, where one day he just had this revelation, like, I need to serve Yahweh, right? While Paul is on his way to persecute Christians, Christ appeared to him as a shining light and converted him, Acts 9. Like Paul, somehow God stops Abraham right in the midst of his sinful life and speaks to him as well. Now, like I said, Abraham was an idolater. There was no special reason for God to reach out to him and call him. In fact, as we follow his story, we'll watch him fail God many times. He lies about his wife twice. At one point, he fathers a child by his wife's servant, then marries the servant girl. He allows his wife, Sarah, to abuse his new pregnant wife. Then he sends the child and the child's mother out to die in the desert. I mean, he fails God in so many ways. What makes him special is God's grace on his life. God chose him from among all the pagans to bestow, bestow special grace just upon him. And this grace was not just to bless Abraham, but to bless the entire world through Abraham. The Messiah, Jesus himself, eventually came through this lineage. Amen. Don't shut me down when I'm preaching good. After sin entered the world, nobody seeks God anymore at least not the God of the Bible. They've all gone their own way. The mind of man is so corrupted that he becomes hostile to God. Can you see that in the world today? Oh, yeah. You stand up for the word of God against things going on in the world today, in culture today, in society today, and they turn on you. And sometimes it gets violent. And they talk bad about you. And they shun you. Why? Because God's word opposes evil and the sinful society who serves evil they don't like when they get confronted they can't argue against the word of god so what they do is they try and shout you down and shut you out and shut you up right man is so corrupt and the things of god are so foolish to them they can't understand them the only way they can understand it is through god's spirit and we see that being played out all around us today. Just take a look at all the depravity going on in society today that's called normal, right? Does that please God? No. All right. That's the first thing, the calling of God. Thank you for joining Pastor Bob as he leads you verse by verse through the Bible in this series called My Bible Study. We pray this study will bring you closer to God and reveal His Word and His will for you through the Scriptures. We would consider it an honor and a blessing if you would support this outreach with your financial offerings. We have partnered with Patreon to offer you unique gifts and benefits for various levels of giving. Please visit our page on Patreon by going to patreon.com forward slash Podcast, all one word. 
That link again is patreon.com forward slash my Bible study podcast, all one word. Until next time, be blessed in all that you do.